Focus on Headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio today, we have our reporters in Che Ji-hee and Chung Ying. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Good evening to you guys. We are going to be talking about the ongoing conflict between the medical community and the government. Uh, it is has been exactly one week now mm-hmm. since the uh, trainee doctors from the Big Five hospitals here in Seoul have walked out. Uh, this was uh, last Tuesday at 6 a.m. Uh, we still have a large number of them uh, not coming back to work. More resignation letters being handed in as well. The South Korean government ordering the junior doctors to end their workouts, uh, walkouts and uh, return to work by the end of this week uh, or end of this month. Check that on the 29th. Uh, if they do come back by the 29th, no legal actions will take place. Nevertheless, 10,000 medical interns and residents have still submitted their resignation letters, stayed off their job until as of last week. Chi, you're going to start us off with the latest updates with what's going on with the uh, ongoing collective action we have for us. Right. So the Ministry of Health and Welfare reported on Tuesday that it recently conducted an inspection of 99 major hospitals. And during the inspection, it was found that some 9,909 doctors, which counts for about 80.6% of their medical specialties, had submitted their resignations. Now, Uh, However, the hospitals have not accepted them yet, and out of the total number of doctors who submitted them, 8,939, or approximately 72.7%, have officially left their workplaces. And in response to this situation, the government announced on the previous day that it would not hold doctors responsible if they returned to their work by the end of this month. And on the previous day, the government issued a treatment maintenance order to hospitals, which the purpose of the order is to uh, prevent doctors from discontinuing their practice by not renewing their contracts with their hospitals without a valid reason or abandoning their contracts after completing residency programs at these hospitals. Now, the government claims that there have been no major disruptions in the treatment of seriously ill patients, although some mildly ill patients have experienced difficulties accessing medical care. Uh, However, the growing health care vacancy in hospitals due to the mass departure of doctors is concerning because following the collective action, new patient admissions at 15 tertiary hospitals have decreased by 24 percent and surgeries have reduced by 50 percent. And the government explained that all of these cases, however, were moderate, which means the condition is somewhere between severe and mild or just mild patients. Well, on a positive note, Health Vice Minister Pang Min-soo stated that it's challenging, although it's challenging to compile accurate figures because it's not easy to verify doctors uh, return to work. He conveyed the sentiment that doctors have been returning to work in some of these hospitals. So the, the legal aspect of all of this, uh, something that we discussed on our program yesterday with our attorney Anjun Sung, uh, there's a lot of gray areas. Uh, again, one of the things that some of these trainee doctors are looking into because apparently March is like contract season. 
where they renew contracts. This is because, uh, as you know, graduation uh, happens sometime around February. And then once they're done, uh, they sign contracts uh, come March. And so a lot of the contracts do end in March. And so a lot of them, what they're doing is that they're going to be handing in their resignation letters. And if that legally isn't binding because the hospital has not processed uh, the resignation letter, then they're going to quickly simply go, well, I'm just not going to renew my contract, right? I mean, because then legally, what can you do if you say you're not going to uh, con uh, renew your contract? Because even for us as freelancers, we have a year-long contract. And if we say we don't want to renew our contract, then we'll be probably done uh, come uh, whatever it, it may be, whatever the end of the, uh, the the contract time is, and you can't really legally bind us from doing the job. But is it different with the medical community? And of course, our attorney, Anjun Sung, yesterday raised the issue of ethics being the other thing. And ethically, they should, but this is not what, what's happening right now. Uh, the collective action that we're seeing amongst the trainee doctors was, of course, amongst the agenda during the cabinet meeting uh, held by uh, Prime Minister Han Duk Su this morning. Uh, there, the Prime Minister said those returned to their post by the 29th again will not be facing any legal consequences. Yane, let's get more on this. So in light of the collective action taken by the medical community, Prime Minister Han Duk Su indeed has made quite a compelling appeal. So while urging medical professionals to remember their paramount paramount duty, which is to safeguard people's lives. The government stated its clear stance, which is the expansion of the medical school admission quota, is definitely an unavoidable task in order to revitalize essential and regional medical services. Now, as we have discussed, Han said the government will not seek for any penalties on those who decide to return by the 29th, emphasizing the government's commitment to engage in dialogue with the professionals and and tackling any shortcomings in the medical reform initiatives. Now, today's remarks, uh, today's remarks uh, during the cabinet meeting by Han actually echoes what President Yoon Seok-yeol said this morning on another occasion, uh, what, which was, quote, difficult to just justify to engage in collective action against the health and lives of the people, which was then followed by his reiteration that it cannot be subject of negotiation or compromise. Now, in the meantime, this cabinet meeting this morning also addressed other agenda, including education. Now, with the introduction of the Nilbom schools, uh, which will launch nationwide in this upcoming first semester in March, Prime Minister Han dubbed it a comprehensive initiative that improves the shortcomings of the current after-school systems. In this new initiative, where child nurturing will be done by the entirety of local community, the government promised that any child uh, desiring for uh, desiring extended care will be accommodated by the state. Now, adding that there will be expanded workforce dedicated to these Nulbom school programs, the government committed to closely monitor and support the initial implementation process, as it is aware there had been some challenges in its preparation. On the environmental front, uh, Han has announced a robust all-government approach in order to combat the spring surge of ultra-fine particles uh, following the president's request for more vigorous and proactive measures to protect public health and daily lives. Lastly, as the 21st National Assembly's term, 
It is now nearing its end with only less than 100 days left. Uh, Prime Minister Han touched upon the fact that numerous bills crucial for public welfare, economy and regulatory reforms are still pending approval. The Prime Minister urged faster enactment of these bills, which underscores the direct impact of these delays on the people. Let's talk about a, uh, the government public debate that uh, President Yoon sung yeol has been uh, leading uh, since the start of the year. Uh, this one happened just yesterday on Monday over at South Chungcheong Province. Uh, discussed livelihood issues there. The South Korean president made an important announcement regarding the future use of land uh, that's currently designated for military purposes. Now there, Yoon expressed the government's intention to explore options for reproposition uh, uh, repurposing the land while uh, ensuring that uh, any decision made are in the best interest of uh, promoting regional economic development. G, let's get the details of the uh, 15th uh, debate held just yesterday. Sure. So President Yoon spoke at the 15th public livelihood debate at Seosan Air Base, where he announced that the government had decided to lift restrictions on land categorized as military facility protection areas. Now, he assured that the decision was made after considering the land usage demand from local residents and would not compromise national security. Now, the government plans to open up approximately 103 million pyeong, which is equivalent to about 84,100 acres of restricted areas. And this move is linked to the president's administration's efforts to spur the development of a high-tech industrial zone in South Chungcheong and the growth of its mobility and defense industries. And in a separate announcement, the defense ministry stated that it would free up to 339 square kilometers, which is about 131 square miles of military facility protection areas for civilian use in the coming days. And this marks the most significant change in military use zoning since 2007. Uh, currently, around 8% of all land in Korea is closed off to civilian use for military purposes. Now, the areas that the Defense Ministry release uh, include 287 square kilometers of land around seven military facilities. This including Seosan Air Base, uh, 38 square kilometers along the border with North Korea, and a zone in Pyeongtaek, Gyeonggi, where the land's uh, classification has hindered the establishment of a new elementary school. Now, the president explained that military facility protection zones were first introduced back in the 1970s. However, conditions, of course, have changed greatly since then. Uh, rapid urbanization across the country and technological advancements have brought large changes to the structure of the military and security. And the president in particular highlighted the benefits the decision will bring to the South Chungcheong province, where Seosan is located. And he noted that the province has fostered some of the nation's leading industries, such as autos and display panels. And also the city plans to build a civilian airport in the region as well. With the lifting of military facility protection zones, South Chungcheong province will secure the space and conditions it needs to become the economic center of the Yellow Sea Rim as well. And the government plans to designate a free economic zone in the province to help create synergies between foreign advanced technology firms as well as uh, Korean local firms. Now, Yoon also outlined plans to develop specific areas of the province. Uh, 
the government will transform the national advanced industry complexes in Cheonan and Hongsong into industrial complexes specializing in future mobility means. And they'll also create a defense industry cluster in Donsan by using its existing defense-related infrastructure, such as the headquarters of the three military branches, as well as the National Defense University. Let's move on here. The government announcing uh, on this Tuesday that starting from today, uh, the government recommends working from home for pregnant women and uh, individuals with Respiratory conditions when the country experiences prolonged and severe fine dust conditions. Uh, this all the more important because uh, come around, I would say, uh, April-ish is when, boy, uh, the fine dust levels really, really increase here in the country. And let's get the details of this. Sure. So as we step into March, the Environment Ministry has rolled out what is called Total Response Plan for Spring Fine Dust. Now, this comes as part of the high-density fine dust countermeasures by the government uh, that we usually see during the springtime. Uh, and it also intensifies efforts to mitigate the dust levels during the peak season. Uh, of course, I think it might be controversial whether it is between December and March or mm -hmm. whether during the springtime. So historically, when we look at March, uh, this is the month that we usually see the highest average of concentration level at 27.7 microgram per cubic meter, uh, that surpassing other winter months from December to February. Now, this year, as we expect more stagnant airflow and higher temperatures influenced by high uh, pressure, fine dust situations are likely to take place more frequently than before. So the government's action plan uh, at this time around includes advising flexible work arrangements for vulnerable groups. If the fine dust crisis alert level reaches attention uh, level for more than two days or longer. Now, even though initially there uh, were other discussions about more aggressive measures, the current policy or current uh, decision focuses on recommending working from home, flexible working hours, and part-time work. Now, in preparation for the new school term, uh, a thorough inspection of indoor air quality in schools is also scheduled. Additionally, public spaces like subway stations and airports, uh, they will see an increase in wet cleaning to three times a day. And roads with high pollution or traffic will have street sweeper vehicles running up to four times a day. Now, the number of coal-fired uh, uh, coal power plants that suspends its operation during such period will increase from 15 to 28 units, reflecting the decrease in heating demand as the winter warms. Uh, as the farming season begins, as, uh, also, um, agricultural wastes can, uh, will be collected more frequently uh, in order to prevent illegal burning of such waste, and agricultural residues shredding support teams will also be operated. The government is also doubling down on enforcing regulations with heightened checks on the implementation of emission reduction uh, targets by major pollutant emitting businesses, stricter controls on illegal emissions, as well as increased inspections on diesel vehicles and buses for emission levels and idling. You know, it is true. It's, uh, it's from December to March when the fine dust level is high. It's because of all the heating that's going on. And mm. uh, there's a lot of heating that comes in from uh, a lot of burning of coals that come in from China as well, and as well as South Korea. The reason why I think I said uh, April is because that's when I have respiratory illness uh, mm -hmm. problems because of hay fever. That's when oh. that's when the flower starts uh, 
spreading out pollen everywhere pollen, and yeah. uh, hay fever hits hard for me uh, come April. But uh, it's good to see this. But uh, also, I believe when they talk about these inspections, these diesel vehicles, it does happen. I've seen on a number of occasions where the police are randomly doing checks uh, and they do get ticketed. And so uh, there's been some uh, complaints in regards to this for a lot of people who, who uh, everyday lives or livelihoods based on using these trucks and uh, unable to afford, I guess, newer trucks that have better emissions. But uh, nevertheless, this is where we're at right now because uh, it, the, the air quality does get really, really bad. Uh, I'm going to move on to some economic news this time. The government will be reorganizing over 200 certification regulations from the ground up to reduce the burden on businesses. The Declaration of Conformity system will also be introduced to allow companies to certify and take responsibility for their proprietary technologies. Gee, let's get more on this. Sure. So earlier today, Prime Minister Han Dok-su discussed the certification regulation reform plan with details at a meeting of ministers related to national issues. Now, the government will first review the 257 statutory certification systems currently in operation and abolish 24 that are of low effectiveness. For example, in the case of natural and organic cosmetics, domestic certification will be abolished in favor of international certification. And in the field of natural cosmetics, the uh, Euro European Co Cosmos certification is already accepted internationally. And it has been pointed out that domestic certification is a double burden for companies. Now, certifications that have not been used since their introduction or have an unclear regulatory scope will also be abolished. And also, eight certification schemes with similar targets, test items, and procedures will all be consolidated. Now, the idea is to help com companies get certified efficiently through the unified system without having to apply for each certification system separately. And for example, a company that designs energy-saving buildings will no longer need to obtain the so-called zero energy building certification and the building energy efficiency rating certification separately, uh, but will only need to obtain the integrated version of the certification. Now, the other 66 certification schemes will be improved by lowering the certification cost or even simplifying the process. And in particular, the Information Security Management System certification will significantly reduce the threshold for eligible companies from more than uh, 10 billion Korean won in annual sales to more than 30 billion Korean won and introduce a simplified audit to shorten the certification period. Now, the government expects this to reduce the burden on businesses by some 152.7 billion won annually. Uh, however, most of these measures are stipulated in the law and must be passed by the National Assembly first. Right. Mm. So the government plans to immediately work on improving 73 regulations that can be improved at the sub-enforcement level. And as you mentioned earlier, the Declaration of Conformity was also introduced by the government. Uh, this will allow companies to certify their own technologies and take responsibility for their safety. And this is a system that allows companies to uh, certify themselves by checking the certification standards or having them confirmed by a specific testing organization. Now, the government has decided to maintain certification quality, however, through a thorough follow-up management after this is done uh, by each of the companies. And this will allow private organizations to really enter the statutory uh, certification market, which has usually been dominated by the government. Mm -hmm. mm. 
Let's move on here, uh, talk about an issue that has been going on for some quite time. And uh, we've been covering this particular issue on uh, several occasions and uh, focus on headline. We're talking about the U.S. nuclear power company Westinghouse. Uh, they're continuing its legal battle to prevent Korea hydro nuclear power uh, from exporting its own nuclear reactors. If you remember, uh, Westinghouse has been saying that uh, KHNP has been using technology that belongs to uh, Westinghouse. However, uh, K uh, KHNP, of course, has gotten its own technology uh, through the help of Westinghouse. Still, again, big issue here. This is also ongoing after Westinghouse lost its recent bid for a Czech nuclear plant. Uh, Yane, let's get the latest on this. Sure. So Westinghouse was edged out of a Czech nuclear power plant bid. However, that hasn't stopped them from continuing this legal battle aimed at hindering KHNP's nuclear exports. Now, the heart of this dispute uh, lies in whether this uh, KHNP's nuclear technology uh, intended for exports to countries like Poland, the Czech Republic, and Saudi Arabia is genuinely their original technology or if it infringes on Westinghouse's technology. Now, as uh, we've discussed a few times in our past stories, the main claim uh, that Westinghouse is making is that KHNP must comply with the U.S. export control regulations, uh, which requires business entities to give notification to the United States government or uh, acquire permission from the U.S. government when exporting U.S. nuclear technology. However, the key of this matter is the originality of KHNP's nuclear technology, of course. So in the first trial, the court dismissed their claim on the grounds that expert control enforcement is the prerogative of the U.S. government, not a private entity like Westinghouse. Nonetheless, Westinghouse has filed its appeal, arguing that while they acknowledge themselves as the entity which bears the responsibility of adhering to U.S. expert controls, KHNP has failed to provide necessary inf uh, information for U.S. government notification uh, to Westinghouse, potentially implicating Westinghouse in legal troubles with the United States government. Now, both companies have been locked in this legal tussle in the U.S. courts and simultaneously an international arbitration process is also underway in South Korea under the Korea Commercial Arbitration Board. While both the United States and South Korean governments uh, hope for smooth nuclear cooperation between the two nations, the, the core of this issue uh, of intellectual property rights between the companies and their significant differences uh, is quite uh, making this whole thing very challenging for governmental intervention. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's been, you mentioned uh, the, the orders put in place by countries like Poland, right, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Saudi Arabia. And uh, it just seemed like Westinghouse is getting in the way. And I think there were discussions in the past uh, where they were maybe trying to collaborate on this. And uh, despite the fact that I think legally, I think there was uh, people from the Korean side, Korea Hydro, which said that legally, I mean, you look at the uh, the documents here that clearly states that it's a original uh, technology that stemmed from, because they did get help from Westinghouse initially, uh, and they were able to derive the technology and create their own. But uh, they, I believe they were talking about whether or not they were going to collaborate on uh, the, the building of the nuclear plants in these countries instead. But I think that fell through too. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll be talking about this once again. Uh, let's talk cryptocurrency here. Bitcoin, this is the biggest cryptocurrency by market cap. 
uh, surging and surpassing the 55,000 mark for the first time in over two years is still going up strong right now as we speak. Uh, G, let's get the latest on this. Sure. So the leading virtual currency in the market, Bitcoin, has crossed its highest point in more than two years and three months. Now, on the 26th, uh, as per Coinbase, a U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchange, the price of one Bitcoin was traded at $54,444, which is approximately 72.51 million won, uh, which is an increase of 4.93% in a day. Now, Bitcoin has not crossed the $54,000 mark, uh, $54, mark since December 2020 and has been hovering around the $51,000 mark for over 10 days since it initially touched $52,000 on the 14th of this month. However, Bitcoin surged around 5% from $51,200 during the day to $53,600 within two hours and followed by a further increase from 53500 to $54,900 in an hour after three hours. Now, since then, sales have been pouring in due to a short-term surge, and some of the gains have been returned without breaking through the 55000 mark. Now, uh, Ethereum, the second-largest cryptocurrency by market cap, saw a 2.48% increase in its value, reaching $3,180. And according to an investment expert from GSR, a virtual currency investment company, Bitcoin is continuing to rise due to strong ETF inflows. Now, investors have put in over $5 billion into nine ETFs uh, since the Bitcoin ETF began trading last month. <clears throat> now, the recent announcement by MicroStrategy, the largest holding company in Bitcoin, may have also contributed to the rise in Bitcoin's value because the company revealed that it has purchased an additional 3,000 cryptocurrencies for 1,000 excuse me, $155.4 million this month, bringing its total Bitcoin holdings to around $10 billion. Yeah, and currently I'm looking at the, the latest uh, mm -hmm. figures on the Bitcoin. A single Bitcoin right now at $56,443.20. So it is still surging, which also means that a lot of the uh, other uh, cryptocurrencies are surging mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but again, I mean, th this is an interesting one. There's a lot of people going from, uh, this is just a short-term thing, and then what usually happens is you get corrections, right, and then it starts dipping right. down, and people panic because they bought it at peak. Uh, but the whole idea of putting, being able to purchase this as an ETF is a huge, huge momentum for uh, those that are more optimistic towards the cryptocurrency and concerning the fact that I believe there's only... Uh, 21 million bitcoins uh, available to be mined. It, it's, a, it's a limited amount. If you compare it to some of the other cryptocurrencies that, that are like trillions and billions in circulation, uh, there is a limit to this. And so, again, I mean, there's always people saying, you know, this is going to hit 100,000, you know, 200,000. We're going to look at another bull run and stuff like that. But always tread carefully when right. you're, uh, you know, buying cryptocurrency and stuff. Uh, let's move on here. South Korea's uh, Defense Minister Shin Won-shik revealing that North Korea has supplied millions of artillery shells to Russia, which in turn has sent food aid to Pyongyang, uh, contributing to stabilizing food prices in North Korea. Yane, let's get the latest on this. 
So it was during the press conference held at the ministry's Yongsan office this morning that the minister uh, Shin Won-sik presented there have been whopping 6,700 containers shipped from North Korea to Russia since July and August last year. Now, uh, it's estimated that if the containers had uh, contained 152 millimeter shells, the total number would have been over 3 million. Uh, if 122 millimeter rocket rocket launcher shells were there, that would be over 5 million. Now, clearly, even though their factories were uh, under-resourced and have operated at only around 30% capacity due to resource and electricity shortages, North Korea's military factories that produce munitions for Russia are still running at full scale. In return, Russia has been also sending back some containers to North Korea, with the count reaching around 9,000 since around last July. While the exact contents of these containers uh, remain undisclosed, it is highly likely that food takes up a significant portion. And there are also indications that essential goods, materials, and parts were being sent to North Korea, some of which have po uh, potentially been used to manufacture products that are then exported back to Russia. Now, there was also talk about the exchange of military technology between the two uh, nations. And uh, the minister said Russia's commitment to provide North Korea with satellite uh, technology seems to be continuing. And Pyongyang seems to be seeking Russian expertise in aviation and ground mobility equipment. The extent of technology transfer from Russia to North Korea could potentially increase uh, depending on how reliant uh, Russia becomes on North Korean ammunition. In response to such developments, South Korea, of course, is not just sitting on its hands. The country successfully launched its first military reconnaissance satellite last December and is preparing to launch a second one from a U.S. Air Force base in Florida in early April. Now, unlike the first satellite, the, uh, which used optical and infrared sensors, the second one will employ synthetic aperture radar, or SAR, allowing for higher resolution images under any weather conditions or time of the day. Also, to further bolster preparedness, South Korea plans to double the number of U.S.-South Korea joint military exercises during the first half of this year compared to last year. So, I mean, there's always been speculation that there was some sort of transfer of uh, military weapons to Russia by North Korea, uh, except for the fact that the only evidence of this are... Uh, different container ships going back and forth from like the Najin port uh, mm -hmm. to uh, wherever port uh, in Russia. But th there's no x-ray vision. Like you can't see what's inside uh, these containers. So there is no, I guess, tangible evidence that there is a transfer of these weapons other than the fact that they're, you know, they found some uh, debris of uh, ballistic missiles uh, that seem to be from North Korea and things like that. Uh, but it's probably unlikely, according to many of the experts, that uh, the transfer of the weapons led to the successful uh, launching of their uh, Maligan 1 uh, reconnaissance satellite last year because they said it was too short of a time. Uh, but what Shin Wan-shik also, I believe, said was that that very reconnaissance satellite that they launched last November, I believe it was, uh, it, it, it's, it's not really working. Like they launched, it's just floating in orbit. It, it doesn't have any function right now. And so they could be uh, get, learning to get the technology from Russia. Uh, they are planning to send, I believe, uh, three or four more 
soon. And so maybe by then they'll have a uh, functioning reconnaissance satellite. But uh, it is interesting. But we have to also note that if it's true that North Korea is sending millions of artillery shells, how this is going to certainly benefit Russia because uh, you have Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky uh, who said Monday that Ukraine has received less than a third. Uh, he said he received about 30% of ammunitions that was promised by the EU. Uh, you also had the US encouraging South Korea to provide more support to boost Ukraine's defense capabilities against Russia. G, let's get the latest over there. Sure. So in a joint press conference with Bulgarian Prime Minister Nikolai Denkov, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky revealed that the uh, European Union has only supplied 30% of the 1 million artillery shells they promised to Ukraine. Zelensky was responding to a journalist who had asked about the supply of shells as some media outlets had reported that half of the shells had already arrived. Now, the president clarified that out of the one million shells that the EU had promised to Ukraine, only 30 percent had been delivered. Now, this came after EU member states pledged to increase the supply of artillery shells to Ukraine in March 2023 due to a shortage faced by troops on the front. Now, the EU countries agreed to jointly order the production of shells and supply ammunition from their stockpiles. However, according to Bloomberg, the EU was falling behind its plan to provide Ukraine with 1 million artillery shells by the previously set deadline of March the 1st, uh, 2024, as by that time, they would only have amassed approximately 30% of the planned amount. Meanwhile, Ukrainian intelligence reported that Russia plans to produce 2.7 million shells this year and already received 1.5 million shells from North Korea, but half of which uh, malfunctioned. Additionally, a U.S. diplomat, Yuri Kim, Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Europe and uh, Eurasian Affairs, expressed hope for South Korea to provide more defense material support to Ukraine and emphasized the need for continued aid to Ukrainian forces in their efforts to fend off Russian attacks. Which shows you uh, whatever amount North Korea is able to produce, right? They're really putting all their electricity, their limited electricity on those factories full mm -hmm. throttle to only produce uh, these ammunitions because uh, some of these countries have come out uh, the countries within the eu that promised the artillery shells they said listen i mean we you just don't have the capacity right now we're also short of our own personal stockpile uh, i believe high representative uh, for eu's uh, EU's uh, foreign affairs and uh, security policy, Joseph Burrell, uh, also came out saying, look, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's delayed, but hopefully we'll be able to deliver one million uh, by by the end of March, I believe is, uh, is what he said. And uh, you're seeing, if you've been keeping up with what's going on with Ukraine right now, Russia is really pushing forward right now. The Ukrainians are just unable to defend some of these key uh, cities and key areas, uh, strategically important areas right now because of the... Uh, assistance that they're probably getting from North Korea. Uh, one last piece of story. This is certainly a big one. Sweden finally passing the last milestone in its journey to become a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, uh, simply known as NATO. Uh, the Hungarian parliament given its green light, approving Sweden's bid to join the military alliance. Ian, let's get the latest on this. 
Sure. So this long-awaited approval for Sweden marks the end of a significant waiting period for Sweden, which had applied for NATO membership 19 months ago following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, the ratification document approved by the parliament will soon be signed by Hungarian administrative branch and then sent over to the United States, uh, which acts as the trusty country of the NATO treaty, a process which usually takes up to five days. Now, this move is particularly significant considering how Sweden used to remain in military neutrality for over 200 years alongside Finland. Uh, While Finland became the 31st member of the alliance last April, Sweden's journey faced some uh, delays due to objections from Turkey and Hungary. Uh, Hungary's ratification talks remained stagnant even after uh, Turkey decided to uh, approve it. Uh, But on the 19th of this month, Hungarian Prime Minister uh, Viktor Viktor Orban announced that he would vote on the bid when Parliament's spring session begins. And then three days before the vote, a Swedish uh, Prime Minister, Wolf Christensen, traveled to Budapest to meet with Orban and signed some deal to sell Swedish-made Gripen fighter jets. Now, as Finland and Sweden now joins the NATO family, Russia's border with NATO has now more than doubled, and NATO allies also encircles the strategically important Baltic Sea, home to Russia's second largest city, St. Petersburg, with NATO allies. All right, guys, as always, thank you very much for your reports. Have a safe one, and we'll see you guys again. Thank you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.